righteous people do we have in here? Are you in right standing with the Lord? Are you saved tonight? You're in right standing with the Lord. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask you, Lord, to anoint me to speak your word with boldness tonight. Lord, let our hearts be prepared. Let it be a good soil for the seed of the word to go into and to flourish. Father, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. So happy that you're here tonight. Uh, Brother Jordan had a track meet that he, our youth pastor, and he couldn't be here tonight. <clears throat> and he had a, a backup, and Brother West, and Brother West started a new job, and uh, he was not able to be here tonight. He was going to be doing youth, and uh, I, what I hear, he's got into some mud. So anyway, he won't be here tonight, so I'm happy to have the youth in here tonight. And uh, if I get real boring, you guys get up and do some jumping jacks, okay? Then I'll know to keep moving faster and faster, all right? Well, I want to preach again tonight about the one matters. Listen to this story. Joshua Chamberlain was a colonel for the Union Army in the Civil War. He and his 300 soldiers were at the last line of defense holding off a Confederate attack at the Battle of Gettysburg. If the Confederates broke through, they would be able to outflank the Union Army. They withstood five charges of the Confederate Army but at the end of the fifth charge, only 80 soldiers was left to fight. Chamberlain was informed that there was no reinforcements coming and that his men were down to one round of ammunition per soldier. That's a desperate situation, I'm telling you right now. At that time, the Confederate Army was getting ready to mount another attack. Chamberlain knew he needed to make a decision. He knew he had to make a decision that was going to be a bold decision. He stood up on the barricade on the stones, pulled out his sword, and yelled, Charge! His men ran towards the Confederate army. The sudden advance caught them off guard, and in five minutes, 80 Union soldiers captured 4,000 Confederate soldiers. All because somebody did something bold. Sometimes we call that stupid. We have to be bold in the Spirit. We have to be bold in the Spirit. Peyton, can you give me a little monitor here? My voice is a little gravelly. Uh, Titus had me trying out for singing bass last night, about 3 or 4 in the morning, and so it's rough today. Historians believe that if Chamberlain had not held his ground there, that the Confederates would have won the Battle of Gettysburg and likely would have changed the outcome of the war. We remember people who do bold things. Joshua Chamberlain, although he later became a governor of Maine, would probably be just a footnote in history if not for the boldness that he displayed in that one moment. I know all along in history we read about people that did some bold things in our history and they're recognized for it and we celebrate them for it. But in the Bible we remember heroes of the faith for their boldness that they had. And I want to run down just a few of them. How about David fighting Goliath? David, a teenager, going after a giant nine foot tall. David was not very tall. That's a bold move. Some might call that a stupid move. When you have God on your side, it's a bold move. It's a bold move. David fighting Goliath. How about Elijah defeating the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel? He had to make a bold move there. How about Peter walking on the water? That's a bold move. I'm going to tell you right now, I see Jesus walking on the water. I'm going to say, cool, but I'm staying in the boat. I've got a bunch of dishonest people in here right now. They're thinking, not me. I would, I would jump out there with him. 
Well, Peter was bold. Daniel facing the lions. He knew the penalty for praying. And what did he do? He prayed anyway. The three Hebrew boys would not bow down when they faced the fiery furnace. What did they do? King, I shouldn't even have to talk to you about this. It's not even an issue with this. It doesn't matter if God saves us or if we burn. We're still not going to bow down to your God. Hallelujah. That's a bold move. We remember these people. We celebrate these people in the Word of God. The word bold, according to Webster's Dictionary, is defined as not afraid of danger or difficult situations, showing or needing confidence or lack in fear or lack of fear. We can't be fearful when we're serving the Lord. We can't be fearful when we're trying to win the lost. We can't be fearful when we're trying to witness to the lost. Amen? Our text tonight challenges us to, uh, in the thought of the one matters. It doesn't matter what the situation, the difficulty. It doesn't matter what kind of sin that that person may be in. That one matters to God. And because it matters to God, it ought to matter to His children. The Jesus on the inside breaks my heart when I see somebody that's not saved that needs him. That's the way every one of us should do. Proverbs 28.1 again. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as lions. Jimmy Swaggart said this about this scripture. This posture in such because, uh, in such because the wicked have done wrong, they thereby see harm coming from every direction. All right, The wicked flee when no one is even pursuing them. They're afraid. There's fear there. But the righteous are bold as lions. The righteous are those who follow the Lord and His Word. The righteous have harmed no one and consequently fear no one. They are bold because of the clear conscience that they have. Hallelujah. I want to be bold in the Spirit. I want to be bold as the lion. Amen? God has called us to be bold. The word bold here in the original language means to have confidence, surety, security. He says they will be bold as lions. Hallelujah. How many remember years and years ago, just across the hill, across from Arby's up here, they had a place called Safari Park. I live up here on the last street in Greenbrier going this way, so it's not even a mile probably from right here to my house if we go in a straight line. At night times at Safari Park, they had tigers, they had lions, they had a lot of different animals. At nighttime, I could sit outside on my porch and hear lions roaring. Now, that's not that big a deal until you come home one night and you're just walking down to your house and there's no lights on anywhere and you hear some shuffling out, out there. Some animals about behind your house going, wait a minute, is that a deer or a lion? It'll put the fear of God in you, I'm going to tell you right now. A lion is a very bold animal. The lion knows no fear. It carries itself as the king of the jungle. He's the king of the jungle. Lions can run up to 50 miles an hour. That's close to my top speed in my dreams. They can jump 36 feet in a single bound. Their roars can be heard up to two miles away. The African lion can be up to six and a half feet long and weigh up to 420 pounds. Well, the lion from Asia... Uh, Asiatic, I think is the way they pronounce it. The Asiatic lion can be as long as nine foot and weigh up to 500 pounds. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy scary right there. No wonder they are, they're not intimidated of anything. It's no wonder why we as believers are called to be lions. 
to be as bold as lions. Amen? We live in a time in society where the timid Christianity will change nothing. The time where timid Christianity is going to change it, it's just not going to happen. We need to be bold. If we're going to come to Jesus, we need to be bold about it. If we're going to witness for Jesus, we need to witness boldly. And how do we need to be bold? By having bold convictions. Wow, how many is ashamed to tell somebody about your convictions? Anybody? Be honest. Anybody? Ashamed sometimes? You know, I believe some things, but I just don't want to share them with you. Why? Because they're going to offend you. We need to be bold in our convictions. It's evident that the culture we live in now is much different than it was in past years. Ever since I was a kid, the escalation of the things, it's just ramped up like we, we thought we would never see before. We have watched things that we never thought we would be seeing in our culture be embraced, applauded, and made equal. There was a time when TV refused to even show married couples in the same bed. It's been said, you know who the first, first married couple was that was shown in bed on TV? Fred and Wilma. The Flintstones. The Flintstones. Nowadays, it's hard to watch a television show without a sex scene in it. Preacher, you're preaching hard tonight. I'm preaching truth tonight. If you don't like truth, this is the wrong place to be in. I'm preaching the truth. The language that comes out of the mouth of people is disgusting and perverted, yet sadly it's become the commonplace. We get used to it. We, there was a song years ago that said, we're getting used to the dark. We can't get used to the dark. We can't get used to perverted things. We can't get used to foul language. It's not to be commonplace in a Christian's life. Abortion, homosexuality, and the attack of Christian faith all have become the new normal, and it still hurts the heart of God. Hallelujah. As we stand here today, in this day, in this age, we look at our culture and we think that this is all new. I've never seen it so bad. I know in my own lifetime I've seen things go from bad to worse. I have. And we think, man, it's never been this bad before. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it has. It's been, you may not have seen it before, but it's been this bad before. It's nothing new. It's not a dilemma that's an isolated incident for our day and age. The Bible tells us of Daniel and the three Hebrew boys that faced the same thing. Babylon had come in and burned down the temple, burned the city, carried away the best and brightest of Jerusalem. Right? Daniel was among these men. He was taken to an unfamiliar place. The culture that he was placed in in Babylon was very different than the culture he was used to. And Daniel is left to wrestle with his place in society. What am I supposed to do when the government's against me? Oh, come on, church. You know the government's against us, don't you? They're against us tonight. Very few in the ground. I thank God for the men that are, are standing up for, our, for the Christian faith in our government. This past weekend, I went to a men's retreat, and our men's uh, leader here in the state of Arkansas is actually a representative here in the state of Arkansas also, and his name is Mr. Rose. I'm so proud of that because he's making a difference down there in Little Rock for the Christian families. Amen? Daniel chapter 6 gives us the moment where Daniel had to choose convictions or convenience. Do I hold to my convictions 
or do I cave in for convenience? You know, it's just for 30 days. It's not for that long. If you remember the story in Daniel, you know, it it was just for a a short time span. You know, I don't have to do what I've been doing before. I can can lay low for a a little while. No, it didn't happen that way. Listen, Daniel 6 and verse number 10 says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home, and in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. He didn't let convenience say, I'm not going to pray today because the government says not to. He said, I'm going to pray anyway. I'm going to do it just like I've been taught to do three times a day. I'm facing uh, Jerusalem, and I'm going to open up my windows for my prayers to come out. Now, you don't have to open your windows. God still hears them prayers, but that was his custom, and that's what he was doing. He wasn't going to give up on his beliefs. He wasn't going to forsake his God. Daniel was displaying boldness. Displaying boldness. Daniel chapter 3. It gives us the decision that faced the three Hebrew boys. Bow to the golden image. Bow to the golden image of the king or refuse to bow and face the fiery furnace. Today you have a choice. Bow down to the devil or we're going to kill you. What choice are you going to make? Well, pastor, that's not going on here in America. I agree. Not yet. Not yet. The three Hebrew boys, they had a decision to make whether they would stand in their convictions or they would give in to their convenience. Once again, they didn't have to mean it. I think back when I was a kid, if I didn't want to mean it and I could tell a lie, all I had to do is cross my fingers, put it behind my back. Sure, I'll bow down. There you go. Right? They were firm in their convictions. In this culture that we live in, we must be bold in our convictions. Don't bow down when somebody just wants to shame you into something. Stand up and be a Christian and say, I believe the Word of God and everything it says, even if it offends you. Even if it offends me sometimes. I got my, my baby back there. He's preaching with me. Let's go, Titus. You preach it, buddy. If we say we believe it, if we say that this is what God says that, uh, that He wants us to do, then we better live it and not back down from it. If we're going to show the world that what we have in Him is real, if we're going to show them that the relationship with God is what they need, then there's no time for compromise. We can't compromise our convictions. There's no time for compromising our beliefs. There's no room for compromising what sin is. There's such a debate on what sin is anymore. Sin is anything that separates you from God. And guess what? Good things can become sin. Good things can become sin. How many knows your kids can become sin to you? When you put them before God, they become sin to you. Somebody's saying right now, oh, Pastor, that's not possible. These are a gift from God. These are my inheritance. If you place them higher than you place your God, they're sin to you. Well, what do we do about something like that? Stop making them first place in your life. Seek you first. Hallelujah. I'm preaching by myself, preaching for myself, preaching to myself. Hallelujah. 
if we're going to show the world that what we have in him is real, if we're going to show them that the relationship with God is what they need, then there's no time for compromise. There's no time for compromise in our belief. There's no room for compromise in what sin is. There's no room for compromise in what comes to what God, when it comes to what God says, there's no room for us to compromise with the behaviors, the thoughts, and the ideas of this world. We're called to live differently. Peculiar people, odd people, strange people. They're not doing the same thing everybody else is doing. Can you stand firm in your belief? Can you stand firm in your belief? Be bold in your convictions. Secondly, we need to have bold faith. We need to have bold faith. How many has bold faith here today? We need to believe for big things. What I found out in my Christian walk is I don't believe in big enough things. God blesses us and he does something for us. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. I didn't believe him for bigger things because he would have did it if I just believed him for it. We need to believe in bigger things. Hebrews 11 6 says this, but without faith it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So how do we please God? The author of Hebrews says it. He points to the fact that God is pleased in us when we live by faith. That's how you please God. Live by faith. Live in faith. When we walk in faith, it pleases God. Amen. Well, I'm almost done. Some of you say, hallelujah. We're ready to go. When we make steps of faith, it pleases God. Big faith pleases God. God wants us to have big faith. And I'm going to tell you what, sometimes your needs dictates how your faith is going to react. We have big needs right here at this church. I told you Sunday, we have a, a, a $20,000 air conditioner. I, well, I, I take that back. I think it cost us $18,000. We have two $18,000 air conditioners. One runs this side of the building. One runs this side of the building. This side is working. This side is not. You guys may want to move to that side in the future. There's a big need, but I have a big God. I have big faith, and I know that he's going to supply the need. Out in the back, we have an air conditioner that runs the office side. We have an air conditioner that runs the uh, conference room side, the nursery side. Both of them are not working right now. They're $5,000 each. So now we're up to $28,000. How many knows that math? Uh, Now, the parking lot. I don't even know what it's going to cost to resurface that. I figure I could paint that, but I don't know what it's going to cost to resurface it. I figure me and Brandon could get out there with the rollers and walk it straight enough. We have big needs, but we have a big God. We're going to go forward in meeting needs, outreaches that are coming up. Yesterday I went and, and retrieved three more pallets of food that we're going to be giving out the 13th of May. I don't know why God's doing it. All I'm saying, God, use this. God use us. We're here. We want to be the conduit, Father. We want to be able to reach this lost and dying world. And if it takes me giving them some Cheetos for me to talk to them about the Lord, bring the Cheeto paws on. We're going to pass them out. Bring the Pop-Tarts on. We're going to pass them out. Amen? Well, what are the big things in your life that you need to have big faith for? Think about it for yourself. What are the miracles that you need to believe for? What are the situations that you need to have big faith for? Who are the ones that you are praying for that you need to have big faith for their salvation? 
Wow. Not only do we need a bold faith that believes, but we need a bold faith that acts. Faith without action is dead. It's dead. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. How many knows if you walk by sight all the time, you wouldn't get out of bed? It looks too dim. I wouldn't go to work. I know who I had to work for. I knew, know who I'm working with. I don't want, I don't want to go by. I, you walk by faith. God, you give me this job. You place me here. Help me, Lord, to see what you're seeing. Help me. Show me, God, what you got me here for. I'm here for a reason, Father. Show me that. I'm not going to walk by sight anymore. I'm going to walk by faith in what you have for me. Faith doesn't deny reality. It doesn't deny reality. Faith sees beyond the picture in front of us. There comes a point where you have to make a choice to act in faith. To act in faith. Invite that one to church. That's an act of faith. I give you a statistic Sunday that says 55% of people, if they're invited to church by their friends, would come to church. If we even drop that down to 50%, that means Sunday morning crowd. I don't know what was here, if it was 50, 60, 70, whatever's here. If each person invited two people, statistics say we would double the crowd next Sunday. Pastor, that sounds pretty easy. Are we bold enough to invite? Are we bold enough to do it? Are we going to have faith, big faith, to invite some people? Wow. Not only do we need bold faith that believes, but we need both bold faith that acts. Invite that one to church. Share your faith with that coworker. Pray for the one uh, that's, Pray for that one right in the middle of Walmart. You think, well, that's kind of silly. Well, don't follow me to Walmart because it happens quite often. I just say, well, they, they, I'll say, how you doing? Is there anything I can pray with you about? And they'll say, well, yeah, you can remember me about this. I said, well, let's pray right now. And sometimes they're looking around like, this guy's nuts. I, yes, I am, but I'm screwed on the right bolt. <laughs> well, we also need to have bold faith that causes us to stand up, a faith that helps us stand in our troubles, a faith that keeps us standing in the face of difficulty, standing in the face of a bad doctor's report. We still have to have faith. Amen? 1 Corinthians 16 and 13, the New King James Version says, Watch, stand fast, stand fast in the faith, be brave, and be strong. And I like it in the NIV. It says it like this. Be on guard. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage and be strong. Wow. You guys just didn't get it. That scripture right there. We're encouraged to be strong. Be men of courage. And that word men right there can be interchanged for women. Be women of courage. Some of the most courageous people I know is women. They have babies. More than one. I, I would think after once I had to learn their lesson. No more. Done. Well, we need to be bold in our faith because the world is watching to see if you truly have faith in what you say you're believing in. Have bold faith. And lastly, we need to have a bold testimony. What is a testimony? According to Webster's, it's defined as an open acknowledgement, a public profession. I simply answer it like this, is telling what you know about the subject. Telling what you know about the subject. Shelly was telling me a story. It had been a week or two ago. Monica, back in the youth, 
uh, I guess they had been talking before. And Monica says, I want to share my testimony at some point. Well, she didn't know that point was coming up real fast. You don't tell Shelly them that kind of thing. She's going to make it happen. And she's like, right now? And Shelly tells me, right now. If you don't know, Monica has a testimony how God saved her life. Physically, from a car hitting her. How many knew that? She was hit by a car. Brother Ed has a testimony. He was, he was dead, clinically dead, and God raised him up. How many knew that about him? So many of us, I went around the room, we'd find out we all have testimonies of how God has saved us from something, how he's healed us of something. But the biggest thing that I know he's did for me, he saved my soul. A rotten little preacher's kid needed to be saved. Drew, you couldn't have been that bad. Oh, yeah, I could have been. Yeah, I could have been. When we share a testimony, we're professing what God has done in our lives. And I'm just asking, has he did anything in our lives? Has he did anything in your life? Why are we quiet about sharing what God's did in our life? Why are we ashamed to stand up for the truth? These Hebrew boys stood up for the truth. Daniel stood up for the truth. Uh, David stood up for the truth. We've got to stand up for the truth of the testimony of the word of the Lord and what he's done in our lives. It's going to change others when they hear what God's done for you. Well, what's your story? Ed and Margo has a book back there, and it has a, a whole lot of stories and testimonies of people and what God's done in their life. But I'm asking you tonight, what's your story? I know I could go around this room, and everybody would have a story. We could tell what God's done and how he's changed our lives. Some could tell how God's healed them. How many has ever had a healing from God? You know that God healed you without a doubt. Amen. Well, you could tell of how you were delivered. How many's ever been delivered from drugs, alcohol, pornography, anything? God's delivered you from something. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you this? Don't be ashamed of your testimony. Be bold in sharing your testimony. Don't run from it. Share it. You, made a, you may have made mistakes in the past. And, and what I always say like this, I'm not the man I used to be. Brandon, you're not the man you used to be. Hallelujah. There's so many of us could say that same thing. We're not the person that we used to be. God's did a change on the inside, and it's showing now on the outside. Hallelujah. Be bold in sharing your testimony. He has redeemed you, and you need to tell your story. Your story can be a story of redemption that can speak into the lives of others. The world needs to hear your story because the one matters. That one you tell may be the one that's the, that uh, one that's left the 99. It may be the one coin that's been lost. It's that one person that matters that needs to hear there's hope for them. The addict needs to hear there's hope for them. The prostitute needs to hear there's hope for me. The porn addiction person, they need to know that there's hope for them. They're not going to have to be in that addiction the rest of their life. The alcoholic needs to know that there's healing for his body and for his mind and for his soul. Share your testimony. Let's be bold as lions. Let's stay passionate about the one. Let's stay prayerful about the one. Let's pursue the one. And if we'll stay bold, our boldness is going to be rewarded. <laughs> our boldness and your boldness will be rewarded. I'm done. Peyton, Peyton, would you play some music? Be bold as a lion because the one matters. Because the one matters. Would you stand with me right now? Play the music. Play it loud. Father, we thank you today for your word. I thank you that it's already anointed. And Lord, it's touched my life today.
I know it's touched my life when I was preaching it. I'm asking you, Lord, right now for it to minister to each and every heart. Lord, let this word, Lord, not be uh, go, go to any rocky soil. Lord, and I don't want any, anything coming by and taking this word from us. Right now, Father, as we hear the music play, we're going to be coming to the altars. We're going to be, begin to pray. The Father, we'll have boldness. We'll be as bold as a lion, Lord, because that one matters. We need to share our testimony, Father. We need to be bold in our faith, all because of you, Father, that we can reach the lost in our community. Hallelujah. Church, would you find your place to pray? Seal this sermon in your heart, not because it's Drew's words, because this is what God has for us tonight. He's speaking to us. This is manna tonight for our spirit, and we need to pray and get it down deep inside of us.